Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's what we do around here 24-7, 365, 62 almost years for me. How many years for you have you successfully not died? 55. 55. Mike, are you at 64? I He's believe? a mere youngster, that Chuck is. Yes. Does that count if you've turned blue and actually were dead? Somebody You're not you? dead, though. You're not you've dead. The, the goal is to not die. Some would say the goal is to come as close to dying as possible and not dying. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That that's was what the object. kids, that's what all the kids say. I had, I told you that friend of mine that got into, uh, Angel dust late in life, and it was like I don't know, like fourteen years ago or thirteen years ago. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Angel, <laughs> Angel dust is like forty-two, and he goes, he goes, Bob, it's so heavy. It's like being dead, but you're totally aware. And I was like, doesn't, doesn't, I said, I said, doesn't sound like something I'd like to pay for. Doesn't sound like something I'd like to pay for. You know, when I did uh, Angel Dust, like when I was like 18 and stuff, I could not feel my feet. I would walk. Yeah. And it was <laughs> weird. It was like there was nothing. You were floating. Right. That floating. walk where you're not sure when your foot's supposed to hit the yeah, ground. You're like, am I actually <laughs> on the ground or have I just yep. moving above it? So Whoa. I was just now, and I'm sorry I'm late for you guys, but there's been some vomiting going on. There's a bath going on. There's resistance to baths around here why do children <laughs> why do children not want to wash their dirty butts and and like you know because we're around around here we're at that age where everybody's wiping themselves it's not going well if you if you look at the laundry <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's not going well and then and then they resist baths and showers i just don't get it like well they, so they resist they resist naps too they don't understand anything that's good Mike knows how anal I am, and that is literal and figurative. Like I, I just could not, I could not function the way my kids do. I just couldn't. <laughs> so, so, so I just throws up everywhere, and then we run a bath, and he doesn't want to get in the bath. It's like, dude, you got to wash the vomit off you. Nobody wants to sleep near you. And he said, then. Then you guys need to get your own bed. Is probably what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so we're down in the desert. Like I had to get out of LA. I can't take LA anymore. The people are so rude and mean. Like, why is everybody so angry and mean? Like, I'm angry, but I'm not rude to people on the street. That that's the thing you always referred to. You know, the soul sickness, where it's just like, the, where is the be kind? You know. Of all the people on Instagram, Butch Walker had nice things to say, you know, like he was having a good day, but he said, let us not forget, you know, the people, you know, lost in the earthquakes, you know, but be kind to each other, man. That just doesn't get said. It doesn't get acted on a lot. A lot of people say be kind to each other. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I, I think if we start saying it more and we put it more in our lexicon. Lexicon. Great word. Maybe it'll happen. Hey man, how you doing? Great. See you later. Be, be kind. So we just want to get out of town. It's been a, it's been, it's been an intense couple of weeks, right? And I just needed a break, and and Chrissy needed a break, so we just decided to go out to the desert, right? So, but we weren't ready to go 
go this morning. You got, you got fucking three kids. It's just fucking just chaos constantly. So we just had Sid go to school and then I went and picked her up at 1130, like just to get her out of the house so I could get organized so we could come out here. And so when I went and picked her up, they asked reason, what, what's the reason she's, it, they, here's what they ask when you go into an elementary school uh, principal's office as like so many of our listeners don't remember or, or didn't live through modern 21st century parenting. So they ask you if she's, she will be returning. And I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, the, maybe tomorrow. And they're like, but not today. So, you know, they ask a question that's stupid. Will she be returning? I don't know. It's 12 o'clock and school ends at 2.30. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to get our nails done. And like, what the we'll fuck do you mean? Like, there's just so many things about school, this modern schools that bother me. So I said, no, won't be returning. And they said, what is the reason? I said, it's family situation. And they just said, oh, okay. And then they slid the book to me and I wrote family situation. The family situation is I can't take any more LA for a fucking day. Is that a family situation? <laughs> it's, a, it's a mental health day for you and the kids are hostage. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not having a great time <laughs> they're throwing up and having to take baths but, but for some reason that meaningless statement they're like oh great okay okay family situation now what could what could a family situation be somebody died you know grandma or grandpa died that would be a family situation i would assume yeah but um, would you usually pull kids out of school because grandma died but I mean, going to palm desert and stopping at the dinosaurs and like just playing in the in the yard here and like watching the sun go down that's a family situation too Chuck. you know <laughs> It's a good family day. I, I think. I think it's important. You know, we we forget because there's so much stress put on it. If people don't have kids in school, I mean, they make such a big deal, and, and it's just like they go, "Well, at least have them start the day, and then you can take, take them at nine o'clock." You know, at least let them be there for roll call so we can get paid. I'm for telling them. you, I can't take anymore. So, so, you know, I don't want to get too involved in it, but I got. I'm moving. You know, just what, and I certainly I'm white privilege. I I'm guilty. I, you know, I'm moving out of my vacation house. Okay. I get it, whatever. Um, but it's still moving and I've taken such a financial hit. I got to move myself. I ain't no calling movers. You know what I mean? So I've been mm -hmm. moving all this shit for like, you know, three weeks and it's in the garage and integrating it and throwing it away. So I've been moving. I got audited by the IRS. I'm going through an audit or like, a, you know, like, you know, I don't want, I don't want to get too into it, but like I'm going through some tax stuff. Um, business is still good, but we're still recovering from all the debt of the fires and COVID and whatever. And it's just like, it seems like you'll, you can see light at the end of the tunnel, but it seems like a million miles away. Right. So, yeah. And you know, and my kids fight. Sydney and Elvis are like now pretty far apart age-wise, 13 and six. It's like, it's really, it's really two different universes. So there's never any movie we can all go to. There's never anything they all, everybody wants to go to. This is why sports is good. And so many of our friends like frown on sports and their kids don't play sports. And Sydney, 
loves going to Elvis's basketball games and Elvis loves going to Sydney soccer games. Though that's nice. about the only thing you can get them to go do together, right? We try to go to a movie. Elvis goes and sees Cabin at the End of the Woods. Sydney goes and sees Puss in Boots. It's not, it's not work. We all used to go see Puss in Boots. Have, yeah. you seen this, have you seen this movie Cabin at the End of the Woods or whatever? No. Have you heard about it? It's, it's like a Evil Dead or something. <laughs> no, no. It's like the end of the world. Yeah. Like it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, wonderful. It's, that's what we need to do. That's what we need it's to fucking do. dark. And I went and watched it with Elvis and I was like, holy shit. Like, what is he thinking right now? And then we talk about like an hour afterwards. I like, what did you think? Then all he thought was it's not real. And it wasn't that good of a movie. He gave it six on a six on a 10 scale. I gave it a seven. <laughs> I gave it a seven on a 10 scale. <laughs> and it scared you. And he was fine with it because he knows movies are Dude, just entertainment. <laughs> I, I don't want to blow it for people, but there's a scene in it that is really fucking, it haunted me for a couple of days. And it's not, it's not like, you know, Chucky or horror movie scary. It's just like, that can it's, happen scary <laughs> no it's not it's you know because you get caught up in it like it's it's supposedly like you know god is this is the other thing god is declaring the end of the world on man and all this kind of stuff but there's well, good for him <laughs> why is god so vengeful uh, you know you you understand you have two little people in your house what if the world was your house <laughs> You know, wouldn't you want to, <laughs> would you want to like, <laughs> kick them out? <laughs> I mean, look what we've done. Look how we treat each other. <laughs> it is pretty insane. So God is very mad at man. I, they don't really get into the details of that. But what God does when he's mad, holy shit, Mike Mart, don't ever make God mad. Oh, too late. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the Grammys have got all the God people all fucking in a, in a for panties in a bunch and shit. I think it's so funny, man. You should, I mean, you about the, what happened? Well, about the performance by Sam and um, oh, the trans, the trans singer. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, come on. this is like Halloween. It was like Halloween costumes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but it's just like you know, it doesn't doesn't take much to upset almost everybody, almost some somebody somewhere. Well, when you yeah, they're looking for about, a reason wait, most of the time. But when you think about like Led Zeppelin, you know, doing the whole satanic thing and and, and satanic Majesty's request, the Rolling Stones, you know, Mick Jagger wearing the pentagram on stage at Altmont, and you know, I mean, it's like, come on, this shit is like the old hat. It's to me. Well, the Satan, the Satan stuff, but. uh you know, I, I try to go with the flow and I understand, you know, time and place. And that was how people were in the 40s. That's how people were in the 60s or whatever. Led Zeppelin did something that nobody knows about. It's kind of covered up by Atlantic Records. It's like you never see it. You got to kind of got to dig for it. But they had a record release party for Houses of the Holy. And they had a couple naked on a bed in the in, in the entryway to the place where they're having the party having sex live sex at their record release party what do you think of that chuck you think that you think that's going to happen these days it probably does 
It probably, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Hedonism is at an all-time high. Everybody just wants to feel good. You know, porn, porn isn't even dirty anymore. I mean, it's mainstream. Yeah, you and I, Bob, are just not invited to those parties. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's so true that things were, I mean, it, it's, you can't, every, almost every conversation that I have with adults at some point touches on some sort of pornography. And it used to be so, like, that was so underground and so dirty and thought of as so. Yeah. But with that, that was more obscene that, I mean, that was like a joke that was the before. If you watched it, it was like a Halloween show or something, right? More grotesque was. I didn't watch the Grammys. I'm not interested in the Grammys. I, I think it's all irrelevant. Hey, in a time where the weekend and BTS and, and Blackpink are like, and Bad Bunny are like ruling the planet. Like literally, Bad Bunny is the biggest artist in the world. BTS pretty equal to them. And then, like this is this is exciting that a guy from Puerto Rico, some kids from South Korea, you know, are the most popular global artists. It doesn't have to be Elton John from England or the Beatles. It's like coming from you know, the po poor sections of, of Basan, South Korea is where BTS is from, two of them, uh, from like this poverty stricken island of Puerto Rico, the biggest artist in the world is, and they give the Grammy to, for best album to Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> Weird thing. I mean, I love watching the Grammys, right? So I watched the entire thing. I love it. Um, I thought, uh, okay, that's great. And Willie Nelson won um, the album something, you know, and uh, and he didn't. He wasn't there, of course. <laughs> right. What What was the? But Harry Styles, I heard, like hit, hit some real clinkers singing. He like, why didn't he use auto? Why didn't he use auto tune? He's an actor. I heard that man. he. I heard that he. You know, he does that quite frequently. Like some nights he can really sing and other because I've seen him and he could really sing. And yeah. then I've heard like he sings flat and he doesn't know he's flat and like sings the whole song flat. Like, well, you know, the guy that, that invented that invented auto tune won an award. <laughs> the guy it was it wasn't the televised part. Mike, it was, Mike, Chuck, are you realizing Mike Mart really watches the Grammys? Like he dissects <laughs> it. You know what? I watched the online part on on. Um, <laughs> so the guy that was, that invented Auto Tune won a grant. He's like a total nerd, and he gets up there, and the first thing he says is, "He goes, the first thing I want to do is I want to apologize <laughs> to the people who can sing." <laughs> <laughs> to the people yeah. who can sing that can't have a career. Yeah, it was the fucking greatest, man. He goes, I want to apologize. <laughs> I, I've seen hey. I've seen interviews with that guy, and he only he only made it go that far as like a joke because it was just supposed to save record companies money so that artists didn't have exactly. to track and well, retrack. Exactly. You what know, he said. I was you know, it's not, you, I was doing it when I made the bicycle thief record. You just change. You can do it with a pencil. There's a thing you can do on Pro Tools where you yep. just soften yep. the note sharpen the note you can write the note it's easy i you know to sing live with it is the weird thing like or, or gets, to over overuse it to put it on 10 <laughs> it's an actual piece of outboard gear that means that it's an actual box that sits in a rack so you deal with a lot of bands i i so you deal with a lot of bands like how many bands use auto-tune that you've done sound for a lot oh yeah a bunch 
Yeah. The engineer, like uh, the usually traveling engineers, I don't use it, but traveling engineers come in and they got it in their rack and they, you know, like, like, wait a minute. Does Brian Wilson use it? Um, he should. No, <laughs> because I don't think it mattered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, th does Bob Dylan use it? Oh, you know, I don't Bob think you could find the note. <laughs> <laughs> here's hey, here's the funny thing about Bob. Bob can can Auto Tune not correct Bob Dylan's voice? <laughs> I don't think it could. It would be guessing all over the place. It would be hitting all sorts of notes. Here's the here's the funny thing about Bob Dylan. He came in and used all the oldest equipment, man. I mean, all old analog shit, man. It was like fucking totally bitching. You know what I mean? They don't. Nobody nice. does that anymore. You had you had it. You have no, the they they bring stuff it in at the Long Beach Arena. They bring it in oh, the big yeah. truck. We set it up, and then they they run it. You know, usually traveling. Who was the opening band for Bob Dylan? No, nobody. Nobody opened. Nobody. When I saw him, John. That's a terrible name. John Mellencamp opened. Yeah, well, not anymore. He didn't. He didn't need to. I, I guess he was able to sell the tickets. I mean, it's like you you go see Kiss. That's who plays. But it's so funny. There are certain artists that are in these kind of weird categories like Dylan, like I've seen Dylan at the Wiltern theater and it was a hard ticket. Like he, you know, he was playing the Wiltern theater cause that's where his draw power. That's the level it was at. And I've seen him at the arena out in Ontario and John Cougar opened John Mellencamp. And, and uh, I've had so many fun experiences at those shows because like I went with uh, uh, Sam, my ex-wife, and she had never seen him before. And when he walked out and he played the first song, she said, "Is that really Bob Dylan?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. yeah, that's it's that's, kind of a really, trip. that's really Bob Dylan. You know, people criticize I mean, his way of singing, you know, his his voice and everything like that. But it's just beautiful. The whole natural sort of no, no. I I think it's I think it's but it's just like. When you're an icon, people only think of him with that like kind of fro and the sun black sunglasses and like that sixties yeah. that sixties image of Bob Dylan. And so if you're not like a Bob Dylan devotee and you're just going to see Bob Dylan, but you're excited to see Bob Dylan and he walks out, you go, Wait a minute, is that really Bob Dylan? <laughs> yeah, the Bob when we when he played at the terrace, he piano he came out twice from behind the piano and he never said thank you never said thing he just stood at a microphone and everybody applauded and then he walked back behind the you know the piano yeah no i get it you know and everybody you know there's there's other people too like um and so when you're playing the wiltern and it's bob dylan you wonder like is it really bob dylan or is it like a tribute to bob dylan <laughs> like you know, yeah, that's kind of small for him. because yeah. because i'm i'm telling you there are certain bands that you're seeing the real band like fog hat i know nobody likes fog. i love fog hat and i was trying to get somebody to go with me and dude what that. is fog hat's first album called it's called rock and roll it's got a rock and no. a, and a biscuit no and guess who i'm doing it's called fog hat <laughs> Keith, <laughs> that Keith, was a pretty good Keith, Keith. Keith Morris is a big fog. He's a big fog hat fan. My answer was full for the city, right? I was like, oh, it's full for the city, Keith. No, no. Well, there's a one called Rock and Roll, and the album just has a rock, like a like a three inch rock, and, it's and a roll fog like hat. Well, I don't know. The album so Let me tell you the story. Let me okay. tell you the story. So I'm going to Fog Hat. I bought two tickets. I and I 
I thought for sure my friend Dave Becky would go, and he's like, "There's Lonesome Dave Peppers is dead. I'm not going to see Fog Hat. That's the singer." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm sure they got somebody who sounds like him." <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, then I called Keith. Do. I called Keith, and he goes, "Where is it at?" And I said, <laughs> "In Pasadena." <laughs> and he goes, "No, thank you." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's that weird. what's that about he doesn't it like pasadena like, it was a little too far for him to drive i guess i guess if it was in his neighborhood <laughs> no thank you <laughs> i'll take no you know what he, and then he said i'll take a rain shampoo <laughs> <laughs> see if you can get him so so i went to fog hat by myself and i and I kept going on my phone to look like there was no original members and it was fog hat. <laughs> so it was so apparently <laughs> the, the main guys, Rod the Bottle Price and Lonesome Dave Peveris, who were the singer and, and guitar player, the Lonesome Dave had died and Rod Price had retired and the band had tr trudged on with the drummer, the original drummer. And then he had gotten ill, but the tour was so booked still booked so they just replaced him so they actually went on tour a band at least they had no the rights original. to the name <laughs> did they no do the songs original members. That's so did they great. do the songs well so they sounded good it sounded and it was good. a and it was a total tribute act though no but it was the real band that's what i'm saying it was yeah. it was fog hat as it exists today yeah but I cannot um, believe bob that you did not watch any of the grammys i just it's a fine i find no, it I just book. like Cause I just, you know, just like, I don't know. There's okay. Something so let me write it down. Something... Our, 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 you know, remember Brendy Carlisle, right? Brenda Carlisle, oh, uh, right. she, she put, came on first and just rocked the fucking place. And then Stevie wonder came on and did and completely rocked. And then Chris Stapleton came on and played with Stevie wonder. And then Lionel Richie came out and sang, and it was amazing. It's just, I don't know. It's just something about, I don't know, something about I it. I could have turned it off after then. That would have been fine. Yeah. It's yeah. Just like, I, I don't think, I don't think it's a competition. And then, and then when you really get down to it, like how political it is, it's just ridiculous. It really it's is. Kind of, you, know, you go, you go heat up the pizza or something at that point, you know, that's what I <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not a big Grammy fan. I'm not a big academy awards fan i'm not i'm not a big on competitions or, or you know, rock and roll hall of fame stuff yeah i hate that like i agree with yeah you, i don't you know, watch like, that I, I don't yeah, watch rock and roll yeah i mean it doesn't belong in a museum i'm actually doing a tv show about how important guitars and all that stuff should be in the hands of the next generation or in the families or people who appreciate it instead of sitting in some museum somewhere yeah right <laughs> so <laughs> So it's it's true. It's like whatever. You know, it's just I don't know. I want back to I was thinking if Joe Strummer had lived, what would he be talking about? And I think he'd be somewhere in the space I'm in. Like this isn't this is madness. This is really madness, man. You know, <laughs> this is like madness, it, man. <laughs> yeah, that's how he talks. <laughs> like, you know, I think he would know. If the clash were to get back together, it would just be so insane to just play for money and secondary ticket market, and just like the reasons why so many musicians play. Oh, I got 
the, interesting. So I watched the Elton John Disney Plus. It's so great. He's so fucking great. But I, but I didn't tell the story. So, so I really wanted to go to Elton John's last show at Dodger Stadium, and I thought I could get in because I know the promoter, right? And I said, "Hey, you know, is there any way me and Sid and Elvis could get, get go?" And he goes, "Sure, no problem." And he goes, uh, "Email so and so." And so I email, and they asked for a credit card number, and I got really nervous. <laughs> so I said, "I said, what's the credit card for?" And they're like, "To buy the tickets." Yeah, you know, you're getting to be able to buy the tickets. Uh, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> how much are they?" <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think they were four hundred dollars each. We're talking about twelve hundred dollars to go see Elton John, or two hundred dollars each. I think six hundred dollars or something like that. They seven hundred dollars. And I was like, "Ooh, ooh!" At, at that point, you didn't drop his name. No, it was that was the drop name drop. You got to be able to buy tickets. There was oh, wow. no guest yeah. list. Elton John has allows no guest list. Everybody pays. Really? Which is I like uniformity. I you know if if I'm gonna pay, but I just couldn't afford it. I'm going through some weird times, but I uh I I couldn't afford it. But I like the fact that even if Anthony tried to get tickets, he'd have to pay for them. I like that uniformity. Tom Waits does that. But you know what I mean? Like no guest list. You either I really work like, in this. I really like either... guest lists. <laughs> <laughs> They're my favorite. <laughs> I called everybody I know to get better tickets to Cruel World because I like uh, I bought general admission for the new Cruel World. And then I just started going through my Rolodex. I ended up getting a hold of a guy in San Diego who might be able to do something to upgrade. Oh, I was thinking, speaking of guesses, I think Offspring is playing out here. I come out to the desert a lot. Do you know that I am... I'm looking out that way. Two, one block up and two blocks over is where I went to elementary school. Like I went you to Washington Elementary School in Palm Desert. I'm sitting right near it. I can walk wow. there. You should have that guy from the newspaper while you're out there. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta come out here. I just love the desert. I, you know, Chrissy and Sid and Elvis just can't handle it. You know what? The Idris is so dumb because you know how two-year-olds are so dumb. Like, <laughs> no, he's not dumb. He's two. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, he's a freaking retard. This well, no, kid. My God, huh? he poops I've, his pants. Well, I've, convinced, <laughs> I've convinced him to live out here for sure. He's, <laughs> okay. he's all in because he doesn't talk. So I'm. I like. I just definitely want to. So when I do a family boat, I'm like, well, I want to move to the desert. I just want to move to the desert, right? And I smile at him. And anytime he smiled at him, he smiles back. And I say, see? So it's me and I just, who's, who's with us? Because he's like, wow. we're not moving permanently to the desert. And I was like, I think but we have to have a family boat. <laughs> Good for her, Bob. Jeez. Imagine the, the drive into work from there. Yeah. I know. At least well, everybody not, at least everybody on the ship isn't crazy. Well, <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, you can live out here for sixteen hundred dollars a month. Like it's crazy. You got to admit how crazy LA is. It's crazy. Yeah, I it's like insane. to visit, but uh, yeah, I, I, just like a lot of places, I don't even like being downtown Huntington when it gets busy. I love it so, right now. There's no one down there. So let me tell you what's going on in my rehab. All a lot of alcoholics, man. I think that COVID alcoholism has hit the rehabs. I think a lot of people became alcoholic in the last two or three years. Like there's like it's like sixty percent alcoholics. 
Yeah, I've got. I've also got a lot um, older people, like between fifty yes. from yeah, fifty yeah, yeah. to sixty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and alcoholic? Are they alcoholic? Yeah, well, yeah. primarily. So, yeah, but there's a lot of weed with the alcohol. So you got to pay attention, guys. Chuck. You got to pay attention when there's a shift, because it was so unpleasant to go to work. Like in 2016 and 2017, all these fucking people treating their insurance like it's a <laughs> Motel yep. 6 card. It was so like torturous, Mikey. I have no idea. Well, fuck you. I'll just go somewhere else. Like, dude, how, how can you talk to somebody like that who's dedicated their life to helping people get off drugs? What kind of fucking <laughs> asshole are you? Dude, dude, you know what I, you know what I really like? I had a guy uh, and relapse. we compromise so much during that time. Like they can have their phones, they can fucking that they can order food, they can do you know just yeah. to keep them because they could go right down the street to another rehab with their fucking insurance card. Uh, yeah, that's those days. Are, I believe are in our rear view. Uh, they're over, because right? The, those days are over. So what is, happens? What happens to those asshole kids? Uh, like, where do they all go? They're in a blind panic right now. When, when they show up and I go, you know, we'll be lucky to get 60 days out of this. And it's going to be at IOP, a lot of it, um, the majority of it. And it's just like, whoa, what, what, what happened? Well, you know, you. How got many times did you get told? I stopped counting, but, and I, well, I stopped enforcing rule. I just stopped caring, really. When you got an 18 or 19 year old kid. Who tells you, fuck you, I'll just go to, I'll fucking, everybody takes my insurance. You're fucking making, you're getting, you're making so much money off my insurance. To talk to a counselor like that, and that yeah. had never happened. No. Has nobody seen the solution here at all? I have the solution. What is the solution? The solution is you go back to being exclusive. You interview them and say, you know what? You're not ready. We're not accepting you. I don't care about your insurance. And you start making right. that the model. Well, it's, it's no longer an issue, That's but it's it so refreshing. Be. It's so refreshing yeah. to be dealing with real adults that have bank accounts that pay their own cell phone bill. Right. That, to do an you know assessment I mean? where you say, what's your current financial situation? To not just write, I'm broke, because that's what they all say. I'm broke. <laughs> I'm broke. Can you guys give me cigarettes? I mean, because you're well, making enough money. <laughs> So well, there was a, yeah, but there was a time when when you could you almost faced the like I can't get in that place. No, they won't have me because I'm you know. And oh yeah, but that that but the the parody act in Obamacare just changed everything. That that era where you can't get in that ended. You can get in, and the fact is like twenty. 30% of the population can literally go anywhere, and they. Are rehabs not like, can't they be inclusive of uh, any of those laws? I mean, can't you just be a rehab that says, look, we're going to determine whether you are, are going to affect the other people. Yeah, you can. You can you have yeah, a clientele that's going to be. Yeah, but you don't, but Mike, you don't know upon admission. They're all pretty cool upon admission. It's like day nine or 10 that you realize, like, you know what I mean? But then, but then, you know, I don't know. It just seems like you could. There's some way around that where it doesn't have to be focused on the money. It's about your attitude, you know, and your ability right. to your reasoning. And and if you're going to affect other patients in this way, you're out, buddy. Toxic right. clients well, are often uninvited from treatment. At least they have been in the last six you, months. You guys for are us. missing the point. And no one really wants to go to rehab. 
but the 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 arrogance and assholishness of those that population in 16 and 17 what would be known as the gold rush the gold rush days of rehab and pee and everything they no were so it. entitled and so rude i tell the story about this kid that was living my sober living and the neighbor husband came over with a gun and was like you know the fuck are you running here and i was like why do you have a gun and he's like because because some somebody just threatened me and i said who threatened you? And he goes, are you running a rehab here? And I was like, please, just, you know, he didn't have the gun pointed at me. He just wanted to make sure he knew I, you know, I had, he had a gun. And so I get to the <laughs> bottom of it. The guy, there's a, there's a very, you know, attractive w w woman who lived in the house behind mine in Beecher Canyon where my rehab was, where the sober living was. And these guys were whistling at her in her own fucking backyard. These right. two kids from the Midwest, <laughs> and they were making like sexually suggestive comments towards her from the balcony of my sober living into her private backyard where she was doing gardening. And she apparently she felt she felt scared. She went in the house, she called her husband, he came home. And then um, when he came in the backyard to like look at what's going on, they're like that he said something to them, and they were like, fuck you, dude fuck you and start yeah. talking about his wife in this derogatory way i might get a gun i even know but like can you imagine <laughs> the lack of fucking humanity in these two young men i yeah like you, and, you and the fucked fact up that, you yeah. fucked up you whistled at his wife making suggestive comments and you scared her and she went in the house immediately at that point because every dumbass can make a mistake like that immediately go in the house and like Go to the smoothie store and like, cause some shit's gonna happen. Do you think some? Do you think some woman in the Hollywood Hills is gonna go in her house and nothing's gonna happen to you two dumbasses? Well, it was very complimentary what they were saying. So, <laughs> you know, why like, I would? Yes. What the? But then they start, and here's the deal: they're in. They know they're in sober living. The guy lives behind me. He's just got to come around the corner, and they're like saying you know derogatory sexual terms about his wife to him while he's livid in their backyard in his own backyard nobody's teaching these young men how to fucking act like young decent men that's why i mean in the old in like and I, i'm gonna sound like 100 years old right but in the old but i'm 64 at least <laughs> yeah but before you had the military as a threat you know you're like oh you know shit they'll send you away to the military to learn your fucking manners. If you don't learn them at home or your dad will fucking, you know, will um, box your ears. Yeah. Box your ears or take you in the, in the, you know, and use a belt on you or something when you're young enough. And when he's old enough, he'll just kick you out of the fucking house or he'll send you to the military. You know, nobody's teaching any of these kids, any kind of manner. No, or... I, I don't know that it's their fault. I think it's society's fault. I think we all are complicit I in this. I think if you're just tolerant that, of it, you, that it's going to yeah, keep happening. I think like, like, oh, the poor kids, like they're, you know, whatever. I just think, you know, we got to buck up a little bit with young people and just tell them like, nobody gives a fuck what you think, dude. Shut up. Shut <laughs> the fuck. Shut your... <laughs> no, but people used to tell me that, Mike. How many times have I been told to shut up in front of you by people? A hundred times. Both of us, Bob. <laughs> Both of us have been in that situation, you know? Yeah, but I mean, 
I've been told to shut up in AA, shut up at concerts, shut up in <laughs> rehearsal. I got told like, today. Shut, shut <laughs> the said, fuck up. <laughs> I said, I said, I got Asperger's. It's not my fault. It was during, <laughs> it was during AA. But what Why is it okay to tell old guys shut up, but it's not? Because we can handle it. I'm not going to cry if you tell me to shut up because I get it. You're, you know, I, I may have been talking too much. If you tell me, man, you're talking too much or what's wrong with you, I'm going to check myself and see where I'm at. Because that's the way I was so, raised. So let's sum it up, though. These two, you got a deadly disease. They're using heroin, fentanyl, benzos. You got a deadly disease. They almost and died of lead poisoning. Might, and, and here's the thing. And you that might not be your worst problem. Your worst yeah. problem is the way that you think. Yep. Nail How fucking head, crazy Bob. is that, dude? Yep. So anyways, it's so refreshing to go to work and it's all you know, mature people and they're alcoholic. And here, here's what I feel bad about. I don't want anybody to go back and hear old podcasts or whatever. Cause I think I have said before that alcoholics probably shouldn't go to rehab anymore because of all these kids. Uh, I think, I think I was like, yeah, that, we got to start having alcoholic where the real adults are and then rehab the, where all the, all God, I hope nobody there. goes through and listens to the old ones. <laughs> we've changed our minds a lot yeah we changed but we changed i've changed my mind about suboxone i changed my mind about 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 uh rehab now i'm excited i just think it's like back to the way it was before all the money got involved that's the model yeah. of na and aa though what you just said you know na the drug addicts go to and aa the alcoholics go to and they don't really intermingle very well think about well it. That, that works well, that's better because of like the people in na yeah but it works better <laughs> no it works better outside of california and na's got a weird kind of uh oh it's getting better i went to an na meeting uh since covid since we got out of covid I, and i was shocked at how kind of progressive it had modernized it wasn't so peckerwood and so kind of the way it was when i was going so I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised by NA, but still, California NA is a little, little bit prison and pit bulls and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, admit it, Chuck. It really yeah, yeah. Is. yeah, it is it's prison and pit bulls. What is that? The, that TV show, Parolees and Pit Bulls. Parolees and Pit Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched it, but I've seen it pop up in the little pictures. <laughs> it's kind of like, like NA. Uh, <laughs> Oh, he's just going to piss off so many people. Again. Well, okay. I'm sorry. Well, Someone's saying, was, shut up, Bob. Yeah, shut <laughs> up. I should shut up. I know I should shut up. But, and, 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 you know, to be fair, I'm talking about NA when I was forced to go in the early 90s. It was pretty rough. I used to go to an NA meeting on Friday nights where you had to go to this guy's house and lift weights. And then we all rode. <laughs> I swear to God. It was, it was crazy. So there was a whole Friday ritual, San Fernando Valley, SVB, SFB homes. So he went to this guy's house, a lot of guys working out, like working out. And you know, mm -hmm. what's interesting when you're in a workout environment, there is a kind of a gayness to it that the that the hetero, that they look at small homes, they, but they can't, they don't recognize it. Like somebody that's like, like from another world, like they all got their shirts off and they're, they're, they're looking just appreciating their fellow man's physique, Bob. That's <laughs> all. They're just appreciating the male. There's something very weird about it. <laughs> so anyways, 
because most of them are homophobic. It's just so weird. So, so I'm, and I'm like, this is in 1994. So this is one of my in some, you know, county rehab. And so you go there, you lift weights. I'm not the best weightlifter, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> I am shocked. You look like you press like 350. Okay. So <laughs> they kept noticing that I kept skipping, right? So everyone like, you know, we fucking, will you spot me? You know, like, mm, yeah, like, like it's, it's, if it's going nobody, on your throat, son, it's going on wants, your throat. <laughs> I said, I'm not, I, you, know, I said, you want me? Somebody, you so he asked me because I was behind the guy that was going next and I, and he asked if I'd spot him. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Can you take the weights off? It looks yeah. really heavy. The bar, <laughs> Can you the, make bar might, the bar might be enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> that weighs like 45 pounds so already. They notice, so. so you get there at like six o'clock, meetings at eight, lifting weights and barbecue and whatever. And uh and they kept noticing that I would, you know, stand there like I'm in the line, and then it would be my turn. I'd just like push, you know, go to the side and then let somebody else go. So they notice, <laughs> hey you know hey you know what's your homie's name over there and like the guy came with uh, bob and i said bob and he goes how come you not lift him man we can fucking help you and i was like ah, okay and so they got me down and then i had drawn so much attention to myself by skipping the line now they all gathered around in two half circles around me and they're all gonna help me get buff all right you understand and today is the day it begins, right? Wow. And so then they started out really low, and they had me doing it. And I was, I was feeling it like when it's only got <laughs> like thirty pounds on each side. I, was, I have a feeling that it didn't take. <laughs> it didn't. But so then, so then I felt good, and I, they put forty on. They were all laughing because I think you know I was doing half of what the weakest of them do. But anyways, there was a good sport about it. We get, we get into the low riders and we all ride in one line of like <clears throat> 10 cars to the NA meeting in North Hollywood. Right. And you know, that's my, that was my indoctrination into NA. I didn't meet some interesting, cool people, but it's just like that, you know, I can't, I'm not a weightlifter. I'm not, I don't, you know, I do like, I, I do like dogs. That are not particular. <laughs> I, I like I like a pity. Well, no wonder you thought it had changed quite a bit. You know, and then Louisa used to drag me to him in Echo Park or Westlake or whatever down near MacArthur Park and Echo Park, and it was all right, but it's just not for me. So, but then I started. I you know when I was in New York, I went to NA meetings, and they were great. They were just like AA at tropical. You know what I mean? It is <laughs> California. I think it's a California thing. Have you ever gone to NA and other? states or whatever chuck no i stick to aa when i go to other states but you go to na sometimes now no i haven't been to an na meeting it's last last non-aa meeting i went to was a ca meeting which right. was interesting that's not na that's not na no it was jails, interesting jails but... institutions or death so so here's the interesting thing when they say jails institutions are death like they're not fooling around. <laughs> no, Half the, the room has been in jail. <laughs> there's a lot of prison folk. Yeah. And I'm glad and so, that they have a place where they're comfortable, where they can, you know, 
so, so what, what came about. up when I when I kind of was trying to do it, I did go back and get my 18-month chip because they have an 18-month chip, and I recommend that for anybody because AA doesn't do anything until next anniversary. Some, like, some do got the 18-month. AA does? Yeah, they call them whiner chips. Oh, really? Yeah. Whiner chips? What does that mean? It means that people can't wait to get their two years. What? So they, they get their whiner chips. I don't know. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't make it up. John, you love those terms, John. Yeah. Whiner chip? Yeah, I, 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 I got one. Well, anyways, I, I got, got my black. I got it because it's black. I love black, and black is cool, and black and a 18 month chip. So I was going, and um, so I do have, I've probably in my life, I've probably been to a few hundred NA meetings, a couple hundred probably, right? Um, I've probably been to thousands of AA meetings. How much of my life have I wasted sitting in those AA meetings? Oh my God. When well, you add it up. you're still sober, so yay. Well. <laughs> yay, yay for AA. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> well, but wait a minute. So, so wait a minute. I take umbrage so with that. So I realize, <laughs> I realize I've watched every Perry Mason with Raymond Burr. Um, every season I've watched every episode. And some episodes I've probably, because it's on TV, I'll watch it anytime. I, I've watched certain Perry Masons probably five or six times. They're all 40 minutes a piece. I have watched like four hours of one Perry Mason album, so, uh, episode. So my in my existence on this planet, I've probably watched, you know, there's they used to have 30 episodes a season. It's like 10 seasons. It's 300 episodes. They're all an hour, say 200 of them I've watched once. So that's 200 hours. And then the other hundred I've probably watched twice. So there's another 200. Hours. I've watched 400 hours of my life watching Perry Mason. Like that's kind of pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? Or and did so you then, enjoy it? When I think about it, like, you know, eventually... At the end of my life, if I could get those 400 hours back, I would like them. <laughs> why? I mean, well, why? You do, you're doing stuff you enjoy. You're relaxing, watching a TV show. How many days I, is that, Mike? I do, that's what days? I'm doing. I'm writing it down. It's, it's 17. Figuring it out. I've watched, 17. I just wrote it down. 17 Look. days of my life I spent watching Perry Mason. That okay, now let's cut to. Okay, so that would be 17 more days of you living as a sickly person, probably in a hospital dying. <laughs> okay, that's now not let's, a lot of days. Years. I've been to way more AA meetings than I've watched Perry Mason. And you really can a waste of time. You really no, I don't think it's a waste of heart. time, but it is. It is is strange to spend so let's go through it i believe i probably uh, on average so i've been going since 19 i've been going consistently from 1990 to 2008 i was going 100 times a year right so how much is that so 100 times so 90 to 2008 that's 18 years of 100 times that's a how many is that, Chuck? So go do the. Let's do the math. I want to know. I want to <laughs> oh, know Chuck. how much am I like. I'm sure, I'm glad he's so on you, not me. A hundred <laughs> hours times eighteen. How There's much is 1, that? Eighteen thousand. No, is it? Is it only eighteen hundred? Yeah, eighteen times a hundred is eighteen hundreds. Okay. okay, and then in the last 
15 years, I've probably gone to 50 a year. So that would be seven, seven, 700. I can see the reviews now, right? No, yeah, I, love <laughs> I love that podcast, but there's so much math. <laughs> no, I want to do how many days? So okay. 700. Throw on so 1800 plus 700. 2,500 hours. 25, so go by how many days is that? Go, I'm doing how many 2,500 divided by 24 Don't goes in guys one. Know what a calculator is? I, I've got you're on, you're on my phone. It's uh, a hundred, a hundred and four ish. A hundred and four days of my life. I've sat, <laughs> I've sat, and here's what I heard. Uh, you know, somebody's going to read how it works. Rarely <laughs> have we seen a person fail who has huh. thoroughly followed our path. So that takes like 10 minutes. So, so oh like, you can oh, no, that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's some fractions. <laughs> that's, that's some division. geometry. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I did this. Well, on let's my whiteboard. guesstimate. <laughs> so, so let's guesstimate. If it's 104 days of my life has spent in an AA meeting. So let's just say one tenth of that is how it works. What's so, so 20 days of my life. I have just been sitting somewhere listening to some person who doesn't know how to read very well, read how it works. I think I read think it amazingly, it. but <laughs> I do a really good job. I'm emphatic. Now let's multiply. Let's multiply, <laughs> Bob. The worst times? episode ever. I can already see the reviews. <laughs> I, I, I knew that we'd get down to something interesting. 20 days of my life, I have spent sitting somewhere listening to somebody read how it works. And chapter three and the traditions and the promises. and But you've also met some amazing people in those rooms. Yeah, I'm not you've heard some cool the value. stories. I'm just, I'm just pointing out a little, you know, 20, 20 days of my life have been spent listening to how it works. Pretty crazy. Oh Pretty crazy. We should write a book about how it works. We are professionals on it. Rarely has, have we seen, let's see if I can do it all the way through. Rarely have we seen a person <laughs> fail who's thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not those recover. who do not recover are those who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They oh. are naturally incapable of grasping a manner of living that demands rigorous honesty. There are those two who have failed. No, there are those two who suffer from who grave suffer emotional. From grave or uh, emotional disorders. Grave emotional mental disorders. Disorders. Hey, Bob. There's what? 231 episodes of this podcast, right? At, the, at about <laughs> approximately, <laughs> approximately 1.15, which is 115, an hour and 15. So you've spent 265.65 hours talking. <laughs> which, is, is, which is more than 10 days because yeah. 24 hours in a day. Yeah, I've wasted so much of my life watching Perry Mason doing this podcast and listening to how it works. <laughs> like, my life has been a waste. <laughs> and what do you yeah. have to show for it? You're going to move out to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. But, but the good news is you wasted years I bet you, being I bet loaded. You, I bet you me being this practical about it has inspired Wiley and Smitty and why you know, but Wag and some friends, Chris Hoy, to do the math on how many how many days they've sat around listening to how it works. 
<laughs> Maybe not everybody's so bothered by listening to the same, th- you know, f- five paragraphs that, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, do you think how it works is profound? Do you think it's no, profound you know, literature? If I'm, if I'm honest, a lot of times when people read it slow, I'm like, come on, motherfucker. How about when they, how about when they emphasize when they emphasize something they think is so much more important? Let me read that again. <laughs> I want this to sink in. How many times do you think you've heard the phrase that uh, repeating the same behavior is the definition of insanity? Yeah, doing the same thing, expecting different results. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and that's not even it. Father Martin okay. broke that. Okay, down. we could we he could asked do Bill. the chalk talk, Father Martin. I went to his rehab. Did I ever tell you that story? He had a rehab. No, no, it's you a, didn't. It was in Potomac, Maryland. It was the first fancy rehab I went to because Hazelden is not really fancy. Like you, you know, it's kind of like cafeteria. You think it's like you know Natalie Cole and Elizabeth Taylor are there, yeah, but it's not fancy. Like you know, so I go to this rehab just by happenstance. I didn't know it was Father Martin's chalk talk guy. Um, this is probably ninety three. So is he still alive in ninety three? When did Father Martin die? I think he was. Yeah, he might have been alive. So I get there and I go through detox. You know, everybody knows the rigmarole, and they move me to. And I have my own room. And I remember it had fluffy, fluffy comforter. And I was sitting on the bed and you could kind of see out the window. You could see the water of the Atlantic Ocean or the, the, it was in Potomac, Maryland. You could see like water. And it was just like, yeah, I can get sober this way. This is pretty good. I remember thinking like, this is good. This is good. And you didn't have to do your laundry. They had a laundry hamper. With your, you had a white thing with a white bag with your name on it, like, uh, you know, like a laundry bag, and you just dropped it somewhere and they fluff and folded it for you. That's the one thing. I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything about the rehab or counselors or groups or anything. I just remember they did your laundry for you and I could see the ocean from my bed. That's a a good rehab right there. he He didn't die until 2009. Oh, I wonder if he was, I wonder if I met him. Like, I was so high by then. Not, you know, 93, 93 was not, not a very good year for me. I think I spent most of it in rehab. I think you wasted eight. about a whole year that year. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I would think you, you wasted about 98% oh, of hey. that year. Oh, <laughs> so hey. the, oh are we so, going to do like my crack and meth well, kind I, of I'm time just, now? I'm just thinking about how many days you wasted while you were loaded, and it was way more than oh, 104. This is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this with my whole life, I think. How many, how many, <laughs> hours, did I, how many hours did I spend waiting for a drug <laughs> episode ever? <laughs> How many? How many? How many hours did I did I sit waiting for a drug dealer or drugs to arrive? Oh, shit. He's never. Late. He's always late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lou told us. Anyways, so you know, I'm gonna, I want to move to the desert and uh, and spend my time <laughs> out here. You guys, this is beautiful out here. The desert is so beautiful. Listen, I'm outside. It's just beautiful. It's quiet. Everybody's nice to you. Like so nice and yeah, you know, it's just like nice. I I don't know. LA used to be like this. That's all I can say. I could do the it's, desert all winter long, but then I need to get out for the summer. Yeah. 
So anyways, I love Palm Desert. It's where I grew up, where I was meant to be. I said, Sid, don't you think it'd be cool to go to the elementary, I, uh, elementary school I went oh, to? And she said, no. why? And I'd be like, well, it'd be cool. She goes, yeah. like, she couldn't, she wasn't going along with my agenda. Nobody is. She's you know, afraid you know, that you're uh, actually going to move them out there. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the, uh, the one thing, Father Martin, uh, just to, to put a cap on him, he said during one of the chalk talks that he said he talked to Bill directly about what did you mean by insanity? And Bill didn't say doing the same things over and over. Bill said it's just the insanity of picking up a drink again after being sober, that it's an absolutely insane act. That, that I like. Uh, let's leave it with that. It, that, th that is insanity. Doing the same thing, expecting different results. Like we do that all the time. Like you want to give, you want to forgive, you want to like, Want, it's called the gotta, scientific method. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like oh, you know, there's so many sayings, but that's a beautiful one. The only truly insane act is for a sober people to, uh, for sober person to go back to using. That is insanity. Yep. The rest of it, you know, getting divorced or doing something stupid or like that's just know, human shit. That's just human shit. But yeah. going back to drinking. Like our friend Hal did. I just, I still think about Hal. I'm like, I, know. I still think about him. I can't like, you know, it's weird how he and I weren't that close, but I, and other friends have died that I was closer to, but I, I think about Hal probably most of all. Hal and Rob Graves. It's weird. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, it just like when he did it, Chuck, you got to understand, Hal was sober. I think Double B was first and then Hal was second. He was always the, the, the beacon shining light of like junkies like us can get sober. And then after mm. 14 years of sobriety, he went back and started using and he never really did get sober again. I mean, it took another 15 years till he died, but he never that's really. That's the horrible part when people are struggling like that. It's so hard to watch. Like, I think he got a year a couple times, didn't he, Mike? It's like or four you know, years. I can understand time. the Rob Graves and stuff because, like, he was a musician. He loved getting high. He didn't really have a lot of money. You know, he toured. He relied. Rob on was never that. sober 14 years. No, now. but what I'm saying is I can understand that sort of addiction and that and, and him dying, you know, because, yeah, it can happen, you know, to somebody. Okay, so let's, let's leave so, it with But this. how, the thing, the mysterious thing about how is how had it all. I know. Well, that's that. Like that, that stuff. I can tell you, none of that's gonna make you feel much better. You know, I believe that wealth or the achievement of comfortability or whatever you want to call it, all that does is reduce all the anxiety and stress that, that not having money is. It doesn't. It's not really. It's not a big bounce. The really only insane act an alcoholic can do is to go back to drinking after a period of absence that is insane yeah and i am not going to do it and but i am going to die but i'm not going to die of that so let's say <laughs> right. good night yes, i gotta night. get back to you they're converting alvis or sydney to move to the desert you got I'm, some vomit uh, to clean up it looks good, like. good luck yeah. with that <laughs> i think chrissy cleaned it up I, I purposely left it there to see if it would get cleaned up somebody cleaned it up <laughs> all right see you guys later all right you guys have a great night have a great week don't die bye bye bye